Hey guys, uh, welcome to episode 10 of Jakku Broadcast. Um, I'm Daniela. And I'm Melissa. And on this episode, which um, is coming out a little bit earlier than we have our consecutive episodes, um, uh, we're going to be talking about a, the Age of Resistance comics and some uh, new news that just came out today. Um, which is exciting. Um, and before we get started, I'd just like to remind you guys, if you guys could um, rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts, if there's a rate and review system there, that would be great so that more people could find us and all that junk and, well, not junk, but you know, <laughs> all the promotion stuff. And junk. yeah, we'd really appreciate it. Um, all right. So today, so... There was this new character released, and <laughs> this person added the Star Wars Twitter account, and he said, um, I'm thinking about making my pug puppy a Babu Frick costume. What do you think, Star Wars? Hashtag the Rise of Skywalker sweepstakes. And Star Wars, uh, they replied with 14 out of 10. This pup would make a great droid smith. And so now everyone's like, okay, so the trailer is coming the 14th of October because the 1410. And <laughs> yeah, so Four- that's yeah. so soon. 14 is a really interesting number to pick out of all the other numbers. I know. Above 10. You could have been like, you could have been like 10, 10, like 11, 10. Well, yeah. he could have, they could have even been like, 4010 so that nobody would think of anything like oh that means that this is gonna happen then but yeah especially the way it's like the way the date is formatted i know americans are like what but i mean any (laughs) other place in the world is like oh yeah that means the 14th of the 10th month so i mean who knows Plus, uh, the trailers always... Oh, the 14th is a Monday, and the trailers usually come out on Monday Night Football, and yeah, and I think the Packers are playing that day, so it's like a highly rated one, so that's cool. So are you ready for the trailer, Melissa? Yeah. I'm so ready. I (laughs) I mean, you know what? I'm just so tired. I'm almost so tired of speculating so much that I just need to see like actual evidence now yeah just to feel like i'm not crazy anymore like i yeah, need i need like validation although there's been so so much promotional stuff coming out now that it's october so it's, yeah we're in the like we're like free falling now till we get to <laughs> december 19th slash yeah. 20th oh my gosh All right. anything else you wanted to say about this the possible trailer date um, no, we should definitely talk about my little son, Babu Frick. Okay. Um, <laughs> Danny's like, go ahead. Mm, okay. Yeah, Babu Frick. <laughs> that's all, the send tweet, that's all. <laughs> all right, so now moving on. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, basically, he he's, uh, what does he fix? He's a droid builder. He's a mechanic. Right, so he's an we Anakin. think that, well... Basically, they said that he can pretty much, you know, kind of assemble or build any droid or even, like, change any, like, the settings of, like, a droid, no matter the security protocol. Um, He's, like, that talented, you know? Babu Frick, he knows what's up. And um, that kind of gives me 
some feels like maybe or some thoughts about maybe this could be with uh, relation to C-3PO with his red eyes, you know, something going on there. Maybe Babu Frick has something to do with it. Yeah. And also people are kind of speculating as well that maybe Babu Frick is the one who repairs Kylo's helmet. Because from the trailer, we do see some figure with like little tiny hands that are actually kind of hairy. Um, Babu Frick in this picture doesn't really have hairy hands, but he does have like long sleeves. So I don't know if the hair is under there. He does have like whiskers around his face and his eyebrows, so he has the prob- he probably has the capability of being really hairy. Um <laughs> <laughs> The way you phrase that is hilarious. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't know what he's hiding under Possibility his Possibility of hairiness yeah. level ten. <laughs> um it would be interesting though, because if Babu Frick touches base with like the resistance somehow or they meet him. How does he they meet him? Kylo? I think on Kajimi. Yeah, they do say that he's on Kajimi, which is the planet that's underwater, I believe, right? Or it's on a water-like planet, or some snowy planet. I don't know. The water's involved. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> right. So but, it's where we find Zori Bliss, yeah, I believe, in like the thieves' quarter or something like that. So obviously, a lot of stuff happens on that planet, and I don't know if Kylo is a part of it or not. I don't know. If he's the one who rebuilt the helmet. Because we know the Knights of Ren are there too. So I don't know. I think, you know, it's kind of interesting how, you know, Babu Frick kind of matches those little tiny hands, whoever was making the helmet. But we'll see. Yep. That's interesting. Yeah, because we definitely don't know who's building the helmet. And but we also speculated on the last episode that it's the Knights of Ren who sent to get his helmet remade so we'll see about that um all right anything else you wanted to say about babu frick um i want to see babu frick and claude like face off but my enemies (laughs) no (laughs) nope all right um so next up we have uh it's actually another snippet from the empire magazine um of course in the last episode we went through it pretty thoroughly but i think this is an exclusive for the online um portion of it because Hmm. where i was getting where i I got the information for the empire magazine from um you know the actual magazine and then i read through it and typed out what i thought was important and then empire just released this today it's the what day is it today it's the 2nd of October. And so it's about Terrio. And he, the, he's talking about Ray. So he goes on to say, do you want to read it? It starts with the one of them. Yeah. Uh, Chris Terrio says, um, when he's talking about uh, key questions that fuel the final film uh, in episode 9, he says one of them is a simple one. Who is Ray?" he says, which is a question that people not only wonder about quite literally, but wonder about in the spiritual sense. So how can Rey become the spiritual heir to the Jedi? We kept coming back to who is Rey, and how can we give the most satisfying answer to that, not only factually, because obviously people are interested in whether there's more to be learned of Rey's story, but more importantly, who is she as a character? How will she find the courage and will and inner strength and power to carry on what she's inherited? 
That's the first question that he talks about. Hmm. This is very interesting because, <laughs> of course, when you think about who is Ray, and if you've been wearing your tinfoil tiara long enough, you kind of already speculate that Ray is Padme. You know, at least in a, in that spiritual sense that he's talking about. Um, but yes. Yeah. Like, of course, like, Ray, obviously, like... It's not about, like, her literally being Padme. Well, it is kind of, but it's more like um, kind of a... Re- well, obviously, everyone knows what reincarnation is. <laughs> so there's, like, different... And then we saw that in the Force Cave. Um, well, it was all Ray, of course, but they were snapping at different times. So, we, I mean, that's what I... That's, that's what really solidified this for me. Well, not the whole Padme thing, but the fact that Ray may have reincarn be a reincarnation of something or someone just because there's several different rays snapping at different times. And obviously, if you're snapping at different times and it might just mean that maybe there was somebody who was you who did this action at a different time than you did because it's like a different lifetime and there's obviously Mm -hmm. that Maz quote um if you live long enough you see the same eyes and different people or something like that um but yeah um obviously in the spiritual sense she could be Padme but it also just means like me I I I also thought about like the chosen one Mm -hmm. prophecy um yeah I think a lot of what we mentioned before too is whenever we think of reincarnation in the way we're thinking about it is not literally like she's Padme, but she's a version of the kind of like an upgraded yeah, version. Yeah, an upgraded. Yeah, in a way. Um, but the thing is, like, she's not actually like Padme. But we think of we always reference also like the last Avatar, Avatar the Last Airbender, in a way that Aang was the past avatars, but also he was still himself. Um, that's how we like to reference the idea of Ray being a reincarnation. Um, and I think it's interesting how they're kind of, they're not just saying, well, Chris Terrio is saying, we're not just looking at her parentage. Like, more importantly, who is she as a person? Like, as one person, Ray. You know, what does she mean? Who is she to, like, the story and the force? And how does she relate to all this? So I really like that. He's not just saying, yeah, we're going to we're going to reveal her parents and, you know, her origin and how she came to be. And that's it. You know, it's more important than that. Um, Yeah. And I feel like all of that is probably connected anyway. So that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I really hope they (laughs) obviously like I have hope, but I just in general, I really hope that they keep her as a nobody because that just bears way more weight to the story if she is. Yeah. Uh, I have no thoughts about that besides the fact that I think that she has the same origin as Anakin. But that's just me speculating and obviously like, yep, I concur. Okay. So then he carries on and he says um, about like the second question. He says this that they'll focus on for the Rise of Skywalker. And it's the second one is how strong is the force? It sounds a little simple. But actually, when you get down to it, that is sort of a Zen koan that we would really meditate on. Not literally in yoga poses or anything, but we would like, we would discuss what is the force and how strong is the force. 
those two things are really important so there you have it who is ray and how strong is the force are the two driving ideas behind episode nine and that is presumably how many porgs <laughs> can you fit in the cockpit of the millennium Falcon? that's the real question i want to know like i don't care about the rest of this i want the pork info <laughs> But anyway, like, I actually think the second question intrigues me a little bit more than the Ray question. Because, like, when in this whole Skywalker saga has this question even really been answered? Like, we, when, we've had when... inklings about what the Force is. We've had other people tell us what the Force is. We've... But we've also seen a force ghost bring lightning down on a force tree. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's more of a visual thing that they've shown us so far of how strong the force is. But maybe this time they'll be like, this is how strong the force is because of this and that and that. But I don't know if they'll say it right, like straight up, like the force is this powerful. <laughs> well, they haven't done that right. since, I think, the midichlorians. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think... Um, I, I do have an inkling that all of these kind of weather-related visuals or incidents in the trailer or in the D23 like special look, like with the lightning and with the waves and with you know the clouds in the sky, like I think the storms and everything. I think it could be like that's how the force, the how powerful the force is, and what is the force. I think that that'll kind of be answered with what's going on in the environment around them like the cosmic force you know and the living force and didn't um didn't uh adam driver uh in the vanity fair article say that the force bond is stronger this now or was that daisy someone confirmed that it was going to be stronger yeah daisy did say that i think she said that in the i think it was d23 where she, I know she was talking about their relationship, and I know she said no, the, but I mean it was um it was talked about for the Vanity Fair, and everybody freaked out because that I think the Vanity Fair thing confirmed, even though I don't think we needed a confirmation, but <laughs> that the Force Bond was coming back. Yeah, I think it was the in Vanity Fair that was the first time they mentioned it for like press, and yeah, I think you're right, it was in Vanity Fair, um, but they, yeah, they do say that the. I think the force bond is kind of, they dive deeper on it. They've, something like that. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, so that's interesting because I think the force could, I mean, the force is literally earth and the force is, I mean, not earth, but the force is everything. So it's God. So I think it's like really strong and we might, the fact that we're getting answers to this is really interesting because i think that's something that everybody's always wondered even if you watch the like the clone wars or rebels you're still kind of like oh my gosh what can the force what more can the force do and yeah i mean every episode or every new movie we always get new powers new um new information about the force but um Obviously, this is the last movie for the Rise of, for the Skywalkers, so I think that's obviously something that they're gonna dive deep into. Could this also mean the possibility of reincarnation? <laughs> yes, but also like, how about Mortis or the world between worlds? Because you have to I admit, mean, I think... like, that's pretty weird. Because it, it's only shown like in Rebels, really, and Clone Wars, and it's a pretty crazy, like weird aspect of the whole. I think force. we have seen 
the world between worlds. I think that's what we saw in Rey's vision in The Force Awakens. So I think we have seen it just because obviously there was a moment where Kylo like there's every both times that Kylo was in the visions uh he interacted with Rey so I definitely think that that is related to the world between worlds because it um I think somebody that's a creative at Lucasfilm even said that the world between worlds looks different to different people so that might be Rey's version of it especially touching the Skywalker saber and it transporting her there yeah especially because we know via rebels that palpatine is trying to access the world between worlds um which you know if you think about it that's a really big aspect that uh i mean that's a big story plot like you know palpatine's trying to access like the world between worlds like that's a huge thing so i wouldn't be surprised if something like that is hinted at or you know pretty much said in like the next movie um because yeah. it might explain like, how he came back too so i think the force would actually have a lot to do with palpatine's um reappearance and in the rise of skywalker um cover art the art for the rise of skywalker where they have mm-hmm. the concept art the the um the main picture the one that's the cover is ray and kylo and they're on opposite sides one is kylo's at the bottom and ray's at the top and they're like fighting but they're in different environments so i think that that probably has something to do with it and speaking of which moving on to the next thing mm-hmm. do you want to go ahead and say what um phil Solstack Solstack said Melissa? yeah so um he phil Solstack posted uh, a post on twitter where he's talking about the art of the of the rise of skywalker book that's coming out in december so he basically said uh, for interviews and whatnot that they will include, uh, obviously, J.J. Abrams, co-writer Chris Terrio, co-production designers Rick Carter and Kevin Jenkins, Creature Soup, Neil Scanlon, and more from The Last Jedi writer, our boy Ryan Johnson. Yes, so pre-order that book now. Because <laughs> this is an advertisement for this We book. got paid no. for this. <laughs> I wish. No, but um, yeah, that's really exciting. And uh, seeing Ryan's name, I mean, I knew that they weren't just going to ignore him, but seeing him like talk more about Star Wars and what this trilogy like will probably means to him or any of that stuff. I think that's like really interesting because I love both of the creators. So well, not creators, but, you know, J.J. Abrams and uh, Ryan. So I'm excited to hear all their thoughts. Like, I kind of hope that one day they do a panel about the yeah. trilogy like together. <laughs> I kind of so. hope almost that maybe on the Rise of Skywalker DVD release, like just the commentary with them, with them two. Oh my gosh. Yeah, like an interview talking about it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I, mean, I would love that. I'll cross my fingers. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay, so um, for this next quote, um, it's a description of... Uh, the Rise of Skywalker, a synopsis of The Rise of Skywalker, and it was translated from Swedish, I believe, by Twitter user Peppermint with uh, an A, uh, P-E-P-P-A-R-M-I-N-T. And um, so thank you for this translation. And it says, a year has passed since Kylo Ren seized power over over the Knights of Ren and the First Order. With unexpected help from his prime opponent, 
Ray. She is a natural in the mysteries of the Force and is gathering the rest of the resistance behind her. He is a feared and merciless despot who rules the military forces of the First Order in the service of the dark side. Ray's and Kylo Ren's psychological bond to each other amplifies in the final conflict between the light and dark side of the Force. <laughs> the first time I read this, I was um, pretty shocked at how much of a fanfic this sounded like. <laughs> like, she's yeah. like this. She's on opposite sides of the war. He is the leader of the opposing whatever. And together... They have a bond. Yeah! Like, I was like, who wrote this fanfiction? Drop your AO3 account. It's J.J. Abrams. It's J.J. Although, he did, I don't think he wrote, wrote the description, but you know what he I'm saying. He knows Swedish. <laughs> yeah, I think if this is a real, like, synopsis by this company... I mean, this is basically what we expected, right? I not, mean, this isn't yeah. anything different from what J.J. said. It's nothing in new. In the Vanity Fair. That we don't know. It's just the way it's written is what tickles me. Yeah, it's very dramatic. It's so dramatic. It sounds like, a you know, enemies to lovers star-crossed lovers type of trope which we've been new but you know it's nice to be validated yes all right so there's also this new um new contest on twitter where you at the star wars twitter with what hashtag is it melissa the rise of skywalker sweepstakes yes and it's I just wanted to talk about this just real quick because it says that the premiere is going to be December 17th. So, yeah. But uh, don't post, though, because I'm posting and I want to have more chances to win. So thanks. Oh, yes. Please don't post. (laughs) All right. And then there's just this quick other news update that it's uh, a Cineplex's website has uh, Matt Smith under the cast. So... Yes, we don't know what to make of that because it could or could not be true. Thanks to Mary Claire at What the Force for posting this uh, on Twitter. And yeah, so Matt Smith is still mysterious. Yeah, I just, I just want to know. Watchy's like not even really a big character. He's a, he's like a stormtrooper. We never see his face, but he's credited. Like, just imagine how much of a clown yeah. we're going to be. I mean, yeah. Who knows? But anyway, I'm hoping for, like, young Palpatine or, like, Palpatine-esque Matt Smith. Yeah, if anything. Anything else that you wanted to talk about or say? Or is this all? No, I think that's all for news and updates. A lot has happened over the course of, like, 24 hours. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, since we last recorded. We just recorded yesterday. (laughs) Yeah, but, you know, it's October, so... It's about to it's get It's the final real. countdown. All right. We should move okay. on to our Age of Resistance comics. So now we're just going to move on to discussing the Age of Resistance comics. Um, we're going to touch on some of these more than the others um, based on um, what we're interested in. And so um, we're going to start out discussing Phasma. Okay. So Phasma's comic is just kind of a... It kind these comics just show the character of these characters who have um, been in the sequel trilogy and Phasma's comic is kind of about this one stormtrooper and her name is KN8713 and she's climbing through the ranks and uh in during one fight she is with she's trying to save her friend 
who is DB71197, and then Phasma throws the detonator at him because she doesn't think that they should be saving anybody, which is kind of the opposite of what usually what you see from military people. And Phasma tells um, KN8713 that compassion is weakness, aiding him slowed you down, and it could have cost both of your lives because she throws a detonator at DB7197, which is the friend of the main character. And Phasma is pretty much just out for herself. She says, if you want to succeed, you must survive and calculated sacrifices must be made. And at the end of the comic, um, what ends up happening is KN8713 gets a promotion, but then Phasma ends up like killing her kind of uh, or Mm -hmm. letting her die. So, yeah, it's just more of a characterization of Phasma and how she's not a good leader because she's ready to give anyone up at any point in time yeah phasma's pretty like merciless like she does not care (laughs) yeah which makes kind of like finn's defeat over her even greater yeah i do wish we did get to see more of her though yeah, because Gwendolyn Christie is the bomb. That's exactly why. Like, if she didn't play Phasma, if somebody else played Phasma, I'd probably have been like, all right, well, she's dead. But because I we didn't get to see, like, Gwendolyn Christie's face also, and, like, I don't know. I wish Yeah, also, and Gwendolyn Christie always had the best press answers, and she's <laughs> so enthused and so, like, she. you could tell she loves Star Wars, and she, I don't know, she's one of the people, I mean, I, I understand that the other cast members get the same questions over and over again and i understand how annoying that must be and but like i feel like she always gives the most heartfelt answers even though she has to say them a million times but yeah she's probably just a great actress yeah maybe one day i can meet her like i I would feel really cool to meet her yeah because she's so awesome she does seem like i love her she was gonna like I I never felt anything about Phasma, <laughs> but then I got into Game of Thrones and Gwendolyn Christie, like not even just her character, but just like the press and everything for the Last Jedi. She was just so cool. It's so funny. Did you ever see the um that uh, I forgot who was by? Maybe it was BuzzFeed. I forgot which. Um, yeah, where Vanity Fair with um with John Boyega. Yes, you know with the box. That was yes, so was funny great. when they had to reach into like this mystery box and just feel for what was inside. That's my favorite interview probably of her just because of how funny it is. Whew. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Well, I mean, I still need to read the Phasma book, too, because I did hear that was actually a really good book. Yeah, I hear that that author is awesome at writing. <laughs> and I think it's also told in the same kind of per- point of view. Like it's a character in the First Order who's describing interacting with Fatima, oh, really? i believe but um i'm, I'm not 100 percent sure because i haven't read it okay. myself but yeah anything else you wanted to say about phasma's comic um not really besides go yeah Fem. right that's so crazy like he actually beat her in a fight because i could imagine like she, phasma yeah. seems like she would train like day and night didn't he have the higher ground did he really he the higher ground, the high ground? I think so because he were he was he rose up and then he like pushed her down or something. I don't know. I need to rewatch the last Jedi. <laughs> oh god. Okay. So now we're gonna go over to Poe's yeah, comic. Yeah. So Poe's comic is mainly about 
somebody stole one of the admirals protocol droids and um well even before this poe is just like staring out the window into space kind of romanticizing space and like flying and basically all the other pilots are like dude just calm down like <laughs> like why are you like this that's all that they're like doing like they're kind of just making fun of him for just kind of feeling this way he wants to be out and free which is kind of like your stereotypical like flyboy type attitude um but then uh, they go out and uh, actually try to find the droid the protocol droid that was stolen and we actually come to find out that it was hold holdo that was who, who stole it admiral holdo in um the Last Jedi. So, <laughs> I mean, it's kind of funny. It's kind of cool that she gets like, and they have a similar yeah, exchange. You're right. They have a similar exchange that they had with uh, that Poe had with. Yes. Yeah. And yeah, that's a cool funny. little like parallelism. Yeah. Yep. And the thing that's cool, kind of, about this comic is that um, he he is shown i mean i think it takes place before the last the even the force awakens but um he goes in to chase the um to chase haldo um even though it's dangerous and he lets he tells uh, his crew to stay back and it's like you could have done that for the last jedi maybe there would be more resistance <laughs> people pile but yeah anyway is there anything else I you mean, wanted to say about post comics it's just you know yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, there's not much to say about his comic in this one. But we should yeah. totally, yeah, move on okay, to so the next a more interesting one. <laughs> yes. So the next comic is that we wanted to talk about is Rose's comic, yes. which is awesome because it has her and Pepe, who is Paige. Um, it starts out with them talking, or them being described as the sisters of Otomok, Otomok, and they're born on Hayes Minor, which is a mining planet. And you see pa- Paige and Rose's yin-yang um, necklaces that they had in The Last Jedi. And so basically we learned that we, we learn about Rose's life growing up. And she's kind of, it seems like she's kind of well off. And she's living or she's learning to fly with her grandma's, her grandma Edda's flight simulator. And so... But then we see that their planet is taken from them by the First Order and Paige and Rose are trying, like, once the First Order invades, they take out 12 bombers, but then they, the bombers come back, like, the First Order brings in new ones, and so their parents are able to get them off Haze Miner and they join the Resistance, and yeah, so then what happens is that their parents are Mm. killed, like, they, the first order kills a lot of people from the planet and they want revenge but then leia talks to them and tells them that destruction won't make a lasting difference and then they won't come back like from the wanting of revenge and also they probably wouldn't come back from the planet if they were to go and try to get revenge from his for Hayes minor and she says do you want to throw a tantrum or do you want to make real change do you want to be a minor inconvenience for the first order or do you want to be a constant frustrating pain in their side so um what they end up deciding is that our world is gone and others need saving and that they'd like to join up like and start trying to save other people um 
as soon as possible. So we learn how heroic the two of them are. I think it's really cool how in The Last Jedi, when Rose is talking about, like, when they're on Cantobite, her and uh, Poe, I'm oh, not Poe, <laughs> Poe, Finn, when they're on Cantobite and she's talking about, you know, the First Order coming in and pretty much like, or just people's lives being turned upside down, basically, is what she's trying to say. Um, and she's basically talking from experience, you know, especially the way she says it, you can kind of, you know, get that from her. But now with this like additional context to her whole backstory, you can understand like, yeah, Rose knows how this feels, you know, when, you know, somebody comes in and completely destroys your home. And especially because the First Order basically killed her parents and her family. And, you know, knowing that it was just her and her sister, you know, up until that point, and then she dies by, like, releasing, actually, bombs, which is pretty ironic, considering they took out, like, 12 bombers together. Um, just the fact that her sister, you know, basically sacrificed her life for this, you know, cause... And then knowing that Rose is alone, like, after that, like, that's awful. Like, somebody please go hug her, you know? That's all. <laughs> I really feel bad for Rose, you know? I love her, too. Yeah, and it also, it also puts you, puts it in perspective, the whole saving what um, you love instead of fight your what's the quote yeah uh, like instead of, about. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm a like bad instead fan. of fighting what you hate, you're going to save what you love exactly and that's kind of what leia teaches them a lot of these comics these pilots and uh, these characters are learning the lessons they learn in the movies in the comics just to reiterate what they need which is hilarious kind of uh, because obviously in like the timeline they still haven't learned these lessons but um yeah <laughs> it's kind of funny but um yeah, it, it's just, like, she heard that from Leia before and all that stuff. So that's yeah. kind of cool. Like, the whole saving what you love kind of thing. Or, like, protecting instead of And it's of so cool, too, because revenge. you would expect Rose to be... I mean, she is really fierce. But you would almost expect Rose to be, like, really hateful and just full of, like, vengeance for her family towards the First Order. Which she kind of is a little bit but not to like an extreme amount like she does seem to be kind of balanced yeah like she does understand that she does understand that it's saving what you love that's important which is really interesting because she's lost everything and the fact that she actually understands what it truly means to you know like save what you love and you know instead of actually giving into the hate and the you know things that have happened to happened to you in your past I just love that she just she understands, you know, and she's yeah. she's so awesome. I think she's like a commander now in the, the Rise of Skywalker, because yeah, she hasn't she has a higher title than Poe, <laughs> does she? That's so funny. Please, I hope that's true. Oh, I think that's right. Demoted, I just remembered. Leia slapped him and said, "You're demoted." You're right. Okay, but I mean, he might have been. I don't know if he was promoted or not, but within a yeah, year, so far, maybe, it, but yeah oh but yeah that's i'm so excited to see what rose what has what the rise of skywalker has for rose and i hope it's something significant in that, that, in that um advent calendar type poster she does have like a huge like rifle you know like a huge like gun so i think 
I'm hoping there might be some really cool action scenes that Rose will be a part of, and you know, it, it would just won't be her like in the background, like just, you know, doing nothing. I think it'd be cool to see her doing, you know, something cool and heroic, other than what she's already done. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So now at the Age of Resistance Finn comic. So here we see that he has Finn, FN two one eight seven. He has um. He's, he has a friend, and the friend is FN3761. So, um, yeah, so basically, he's playing with around with the mops, and I love this scene. Kylo Ren comes up to them, and they kind of look at each other, and then Kylo Ren moves on. But, yeah, this is before The Force Awakens, so, I mean, it's funny that they have had connections before, or interactions. And so then, um, they have to... Finn gets in trouble for playing around with the mop. So he ends up having to go clean this because um, he works sanitation. And they go down to where like t- two First Order stormtroopers have been killed and they have to go clean the area. So it's like really scary and dangerous and everybody's scared. And then he like the comic shows that stormtroopers are like have emotions and they have humanity like Finn's friend. Um but yeah, like his Finn's friends trying to protect him from getting in trouble. And so once Finn goes down to the place where that needs to be cleaned, he kind of kills some of the, you know, quote unquote um, bugs or um, the creatures that are infesting the area. But then he realizes that those places are kind of his home. They're the home of the creatures. It's not like the First Order is the one that's taking them over. So he ends up kind of trying to save the um the creatures and what happens is he ends up having to go outside he's punished and he goes to escort garbage and he kind of meets this girl who looks like ray uh it's definitely the same kind of clothes or whatever but and like she says that he has compassion and that that's not a great mix for a first order stormtrooper so i think that's interesting and um he ends up saving the um the creatures that he saw instead of you know he saves them instead of you know destroying them like the first order ordered him to which is kind of parallel to him on um jakku where he didn't really save anyone on that planet but he didn't destroy because he was like freaked out (laughs) i really love this comic especially because of the interactions with kylo um, it's kind of funny because you would expect, like, I mean, obviously it's interesting to put these two characters together in the scene, like, this early before they even really know who they are. And, you know, it's good to make that connection, you know, in a story, right? Um, but, like, could you imagine, like, they're on the, the supremacy and there's as big of a ship as this is, like, it's really funny that Finn and Kylo have had these interactions, you know, that they've mm-hmm. bumped into each other. So I obviously really hope that in The Rise of Skywalker, they kind of have a similar moment where they just kind of look at each other. Yeah. Maybe Kylo. I think so, because Mm -hmm. maybe they'll have a moment that parallels them on Jakku, where they have a look at each other. Yeah. Yeah, but instead it'll be like redeemed Ben and like Finn now, like once he's like accepted like who he is and everything. Oh my God. Like, could you imagine? Poetic. Could you imagine poetic it's pottery? Cinema, it rhymes. Poetic cinema. Oh my god. Yeah. 
And could you imagine a moment when they're actually yeah. like maybe fighting together? Danny, they're fighting together. Yeah. Like, I want that. Yep. Oh, and I think that, oh, the, thank you for bringing that up because it, um, I thought I had while I was reading this is they are sure trying to make us see that the stormtroopers, like more than just mm-hmm. Finn, have a personality, have humanity. Yeah. So I think that we are well due for a stormtrooper rebellion. Yes. Oh my gosh. So I hope that happens. I really need this Kylo right, and so Finn like friendship. Yeah. Moment. Maybe not friendship. Okay, not friendship. <laughs> he did try to kill just, Finn. You know, reluctant <laughs> I know what you mean. allies <laughs> for the moment. Or yeah, I mean they're definitely going to end up on the same side anyway, so. Yeah. And they're both raise boys. Yes. So. <laughs> It's so funny, like, oh, I can't wait for those interactions. Okay, okay, we should move on. Yes, but you raise a good point, and I can't wait. That's, like, one of the things, my top wishes for The Rise of Skywalker. All right, so do you want to talk about Hux's comic? Yeah, so I think it's, before I start talking about it, I think it's really funny how uh, this Hux comic actually focuses a lot on Kylo Ren, just putting that out there. (laughs) So the Hux comic in the beginning uh, we see a young Hux basically um, interacting with you know other commanders and um, his father as well, who was also a First Order-like top officer. And his mom is actually a like kitchen helper, somebody who is obviously not part of like the First Order in that way. She's not a superior officer. She's nobody really that they would deem as important. She's just a lowly person in the kitchen that his father just happened to you know have a child with and um he's pretty much like an illegitimate child and you actually kind of feel bad for him because they're mocking him they're making him like do their dirty work you know even yeah i think at one point the dude tells hux or the dad tells hux to lick it off the ground and then hux is seen like trying to like reach down to lick it off the ground and the dad gets mad at him he was gonna do it and his dad is like that's you know stop it's gross but he still kind of like you know bashes him and condescends him at the same time so you know we can see at very early on hux had a sucky life (laughs) um and that kind of raises the question like okay since we're they're showing hux have this really unfortunate lifestyle you know with the first order he had no other choice like he was born in the first order he grew up with it all his life can you kind of see redemption for him i guess is a thought because um usually characters that they show that you know they have no control over how they start life out and that they have suffered a certain amount of pain in the beginning of their life like can you that usually kind of hints at redemption later on um, I don't know about Hux, though, personally. Um, but anyway, continuing from the comic, um, after that, Hux has actually woken up. He's actually, I think he's dreaming about his his uh, early life. And then c- kind of he kind of wakes up in this moment where his ship is falling out of the sky and Kylo's trying to wake him up, like, Hux, wake up. And um, they crash anyway onto this planet that they've uh, been sucked in by the gravity of. And, um, it's actually, (laughs) I love Kylo and Hux's, like, banter in this whole comic. This is actually maybe one of my favorite comics, actually, or maybe the favorite comic, or, okay, no, maybe second favorite, I'll go, we'll 
figure that out later. But it's so funny because Kylo um, raises, like, all the rocks out of the way from Hux, and he wakes up. And, you know, Kylo pretty much tells Hux, like, I didn't save you. You know, that wasn't my intent. You were just nearby that I saved you, which is so funny. And that mirrors um, Rey saving the Resistance yeah. in the Jedi. Yeah, I actually didn't think about that, but you're right. Um, but in that case, she really did want to save them. Um, their sarcasm, like Kylo's sarcasm and sass is everything. <laughs> I really hope we get more sassy Kylo in um, the future comics. I think that he did want to save I him, I mean, though. yeah, he did. I he think just that was just him it. saving... <laughs> He yeah. he is he does have a heart he has a big heart but he doesn't want to really show that especially to Hux like could you imagine Hux would not he would use that to his advantage but you know how you know how he is um, and uh, while they're um, while they're obviously like making like mocking like when Hux is mocking Kylo and they're mocking each other um, eventually that these creatures show up they're kind of like these big like I don't know what to call them they're kind of like these big beastly blue creatures and they start attacking kylo and hux and kylo's like about ready to defend you know himself and hux and the moment kylo looks back like hux is he's took off he's dipped and you know kylo has to stay there and fend for himself i mean it's not like hux would have done anything to help really but it's really cool to see kylo take on like these creatures and he like force snaps their neck or he snaps one of their necks um but unfortunately he's kind of overpowered and the beast attacks him and his mask falls off which is interesting and you know Hux kind of looks at it from his hiding spot um and then uh eventually this interesting figure pops up he's an actual old Alderanian palace guard um, he shows up to the scene, and I guess those creatures are kind of his pets, or he's grown up where he's just, you know, he's controlling them in a way, and he he sees Kylo, and he sees Hux, and he asks them, who are they? And he they <laughs> Hux is really, you know, his conniving ways. He tells them that he doesn't really actually say, like, who they are exactly, but he he doesn't say they're the First Order or anything like that, but he does tell them, he does tell them that Kylo is the son of Leia Organa, and of course he knows who that is. He knows exactly who she is, and he actually looks at Kylo and he says, "Yeah, I could see that he looks just like her." And Hux confirms, like, "Yeah, he actually is a lot more like her than what he'd like to admit." Which you know, this whole thing blows my mind because this is a Hux comic and Hux is basically confirming that Ben Solo, this Kylo, Kylo Ren is just like his mom, whether he likes to admit it or not. It's so like cute, Danny. <laughs> like, oh, validation. But he calls him Ben too. Like, I don't know. Just seeing another person call him Ben is really cool. And just knowing that I think the First Order, or at least Hux, knows who Kylo is for real. I know they said that uh, Snoke banned anybody from saying Kylo's real name, which kind of alludes to the fact that, okay, maybe they actually know who he is, but that's really interesting. And then they take Kylo back to this old, like, blockade runner ship, which is also interesting. And um, Hux basically tells him, uh, well, actually, the old Alderanian palace guard 
he asks about the emperor and vader he's like vader the emperor they're really gone and no one's ever really gone gone. hux says yes the emperor could never fathom the strengths they were up against they were too arrogant and overconfident to triumph but i think that's really interesting they did bring up vader and the emperor so a hint hint right yeah like um kylo is passed out right behind them whenever that's brought up and we already know at this point that the emperor isn't really gone so i feel like you know and then the d23 footage of the rise of skywalker at the end before the dark ray moment you can hear vader breathing so i think that's gonna be something they touch on in the movie yeah for sure because where is anakin we don't know where anakin is right Ugh. Can I also say this this palace guard actually looks a lot like Han? And we've pointed out uh, pointed this out. Oh yeah. He does. He does look like Han. And then even when Ben wakes up, Hux is like, you know, don't worry, we'll get you home to your mother. Which is And then he's confused. Yeah, he's like, Ben, like, why'd you call me that? And you know, this is definitely a foreshadowing that they're gonna eventually take yeah. Ben back home to his mama. Yeah, and I mean they eventually they're in the comic um hux obviously betrays the alderanian citizen person and it's revealed that they're gonna use his planet where he's at as a new death star uh target and which is obviously star killer base so um yeah he ends up screwing that guy over and i think he ends up killing the man who um who made fun of him when he was younger not his dad but the other yeah, the officer. other officer who is shown in the beginning of the comic to uh, mock him he basically just kills him so yeah i mean with hux and redemption i think that we might get it just because of star wars anybody can be redeemed it's like i mean i'm i think in terms of like palpatine to kylo he's right in between where he probably is more obviously we see him and he's doing things to his advantage and he manipulates people that way so maybe it's not like a full-fledged redemption maybe he just jumped ship from the first order because he realized that they're gonna lose um but who knows um i think that that's a possibility that could happen yeah i don't really see hux dying in the rise of skywalker i think his his kind of interesting weird relationship with kylo is gonna actually something is gonna happen there where i think you know he's not gonna die he's not gonna die but he'll do something else he'll i don't know if he'll just be arrested for his crimes or he'll escape or he'll you know he'll run away like who knows but i don't think he's gonna die yeah i don't know i hope not i don't want (laughs) anyone to die i honestly i'm such a soft baby i I don't want anyone (laughs) to die i just want everybody to be good oh Another cool, yeah, but obviously another that's cool not thing possible. in this comic is the reference to Matt, the radar technician. <laughs> the, oh yeah, they blame it yeah, on him. Yeah, the SNL skit that Adam did. Um, basically, they said that a radar technician messed up, and that's why their ship went down. But they're blaming the radar technician, and they already said they dealt with him, so he's probably dead now. <laughs> R.I.P. man. All right. So the Snoke comic is pretty much cut and dry. He's training Ben Solo. Um, This is uh, right after he goes to Snoke because Snoke's training him. So Kylo's probably like 22 or 23 at this point. And so what happens is that he's trying to tell 
so he throws um kylo or kylo falls down a cliff and then snoke says that he has to use the dark side for power like use his anger to benefit him so that he can like not die and not fall and then kylo ends up not falling and then sometime after snoke slaps kylo so that kind of is confirmation (laughs) of physical abuse from snoke and he's ridiculed for the mask once more and they go to dagobah and they go into the force cave where luke went in empire strikes back and um you know before that right right before kylo goes into the cave snoke tells him that luke skywalker would have killed him and then whenever he goes into the dark side cave um he sees luke and he's uh, luke tells him that he doesn't want to fight and then kylo says that he doesn't care and he kills the vision of luke that he sees and then he sees his parents and um snoke from the outside of the cave is like you know he wants obviously him to kill him kill the parent like all the visions that he sees and use the dark side but ben can't kill his uh fake parents and he ends up destroying the cave completely so um then snoke is like i i really wanted to use that for my future apprentices and then kylo's like you won't need it yeah this because obviously he's the last (laughs) apprentice that snoke will need this comic is actually like really telling like of the ways that snoke you know pretty much emotionally and physically abused kylo um, it does say a lot about Kylo as well, especially because he couldn't carry out, kill his vision parents in the cave. Um, you know, and even Yoda in the original trilogy, when Luke says, you know, when he looks in the cave and he's like, what am I going to see in there? He Yoda says, only what you take with you. So if this cave kind of shows like a character's biggest fears or their worries, and, you know, Luke obviously saw himself in Vader, you know, if, fearing of turning to the dark side and becoming like his father luke goes in i'm not luke kylo goes in and he sees uh he sees luke his uncle and the first thing that he says is that i don't want to fight you which is interesting because you know wouldn't you think like yeah kylo probably thinks his uncle like wants to kill him and hates him but perhaps maybe he's afraid that he was wrong that kylo was wrong and he thought that his uncle didn't care about him but he's actually afraid that he actually that luke does care for him and that maybe this all was a mistake and that his choice to leave and do what he did maybe it was also a mistake so i feel like that actually might be a fear of kylo's or ben's and you see that too whenever his parents show up because they want him to come yeah They want him to come home. They're not screaming at him, calling him a monster. They're not saying like, you know, we never wanted you, you know, something like that, that you would expect. It's more, it's way more, it's more sad. It's really sad about how he, you can tell that he loves his parents and he just is afraid that maybe he messed up and they really just want him to come home and they love him. Yeah. And it's like deep down, Kylo knows this, but he thinks of himself as like kind of irredeemable and like he's already too far gone now to go back home which is obviously not the truth but um i feel like that's like some kind of self-hating thing that's like he's projecting he does have a lot of i think 
I think he does have some guilt and he does have a lot of, uh, you know, sadness and he does, yeah, demons, his own demons where he probably feels like he calls himself. Yeah. Like he is a monster. He told Ray that himself. He knows, he knows what he's done. He's not, he doesn't, you know, think that he didn't do them. He knows he did them. And it's just weird. It's crazy to see that, you know, his greatest fear is not which exactly what you would expect. Another thing that's interesting is Snoke talks about Luke in a referential yeah, way. Yeah, I was going to say that too. That it the way that Snoke talks about Luke you know, when he's talking to Kylo, it almost sounds like Snoke knew Luke the way he talks about him. Even Kylo's like, you talk about Luke as if you like respect him. And Snoke pretty much says like, I, you know, I fear him. And, you know, that's really interesting. Snoke would rather have Skywalker with him than yeah, Kylo. Yeah, he basically says that, you know, it almost sounds like he kind of picked Kylo as a second choice. Like, well, I couldn't get Luke, so obviously I guess you were next. And <laughs> I wonder how that makes Kylo feel. Because, you know, if Snoke was really... That's why he hates, he hates, or I don't know if that's why, but that's probably a reason that fuels his hate for Luke. Yeah. Because he wants to be the best, or maybe he just wants to be good enough, and he's not even good enough for his master. Yeah. And basically, you know, Snoke says, like, if I had Luke, like, I would have been in power. Like, I had all, would have had all the power, like, so much earlier. And yeah it's just the the levels and the depth of manipulation that snoke went to i mean if he's talking about luke like that it almost makes you wonder if perhaps snoke is palpatine you know because palpatine would definitely know about luke considering you know the last time he saw him was pretty much you know when he when he saved when he saved his father and his father threw him over he I think mm-hmm. the last Jedi novelizi- novelization has um, Luke mentioned that he knew of Snoke and that he knew Snoke, so maybe it's something like that too. I guess we'll know soon. We'll have about to know more Snoke about and Luke one Snoke day. later and how he plays into this with Palpatine. Yeah. All right, so the next one is Ray. So basically, we pick up with Ray. Um, in the very beginning of the comic, we see she kind of thinks back about her being left alone on Jakku. She's kind of reiterating that she's alone, she's abandoned, and, you know, obviously makes you feel really sad for her. I love Ray so much, and I hope that she never has to feel alone ever again. <laughs> um, and then they fast forward to the Dakar resistance base, and Leia is obviously, she's, she's you know, mourning Han. This is right after The Force Awakens. And right before she, right before uh, Ray goes to find Luke Skywalker, and she actually has like a, a talk with Leia um, about, you know, things that happened. And, you know, she, with everything that happened about Kylo killing Han, you know, she's trying to f- sort out these feelings. And Leia's so strong. She, she's actually comforting like Chewie and Ray, like one after the other, about her husband, like dying. And that just kind of shows you how much Leia is, you know, a leader and a mother figure to these characters. Um, and, you know, Ray's just kind of telling her what happened about Han because she wants to know exactly what happened. Like, of course, they would tell her Han died, but she wants to know firsthand what happened. Um, 
And she even still, like, when she knows that Kylo killed Han, she kind of still acknowledges him as her son, which is really powerful, I think. Um, despite that this is the exact moment where he kills him, he, she still acknowledges him as her son, which, you know, just shows a mother's love. So then, yeah, so she does also talk about Han and how much of a... He did know when to run and when to stay in certain situations, but... You know, she did always admire that he did show up when he was needed. Le Ray pretty much, you know, asks Leia, like, how do you do this by yourself? You know, especially now that, you know, you have no family, like your son is kind of gone, your husband is dead. And Leia says that, you know, I'm not alone. Ray, you're not alone either. You're part of something bigger than yourself. And, you know, don't feel like you are alone. And... Basically, she kind of leaves Ray, and as Ray goes off, she does have a little bit more hope now that she she can do this. She can make it through. Um, well, anyway, on the way to find Luke Skywalker, the compressor of the Millennium Falcon kind of starts acting up. And I've said this before in different areas that I kind of believe the compressor is a metaphor for Ben Solo. Um, some might disagree. <laughs> But, you know, especially during The Force Awakens when Rey says that she bypassed the compressor in a way like saying like uh, she bypassed Snoke or whatever or kind of bypassed everybody to kind of be the one to actually uh, reach Ben. Uh, but yeah, anyway, that's just a crack theory. One of my tinfoil hat theories and other people have that theory as well. So it could be true. Um, but anyway, this is another moment where the compressor acts up, and they actually have to go and find parts for it. So they stop at this junk planet, which um, is actually really interesting because it's uh, very reminiscent of an underworld planet. Um, do we know the name of it? It is. like It's literally yeah. a underworld planet. The right. name is Necropolis, and the definition of a necropolis is a um, cemetery, especially a large one, belonging to an ancient city. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, so it's basically, Ray is literally going to the underworld. <laughs> and um, the sh <laughs> she actually meets these, like, creatures, right? Like, these kind of people who kind of run the junk planet. Um, well, first she's, um, she's put down, and she goes under, and um, then she, uh, she goes down under to find the part and then she sees that there's like an a big uh monster and she runs away and she actually escapes that um in a ship that kind of well, looks like a uterus it's it's, it's uh, it looks exactly like, like slave one like a uh, boba fett's ship or jango's ship actually i think it's boba's fett boba fett's because it's uh yeah the color scheme is a little bit more like boba's which is funny like <laughs> you would know more than me about well, ships it's in the prequel trilogy. I just know that that I mean, looks yeah, like a... It's definitely Boba's ship. Or, I'm sorry, Jango Fett's ship. And it's funny that... It's just a nice cameo for ships, you know? But whatever. Yeah, she goes and she... Oh, no. I mean, I think that it, like... I thought that it, like, they used that ship on purpose because it looks <laughs> like a uterus. And she's, like, escaping the underworld in it. It's kind of like the heroine's journey episode we just did. And, um talking about how there's like 
she there's a moment where you have to go into like the underworld or whatever and you come out of it and that's also like they use this like i know that like on comics in comics the words they use to describe the sounds usually don't matter but you know how we're all up in the reincarnation theory plane and there's like the text the tomb womb so it goes from tomb to womb so like that's really interesting and then yeah and she's like rising up and then there's fire like she went from the tomb to the womb so like kind of just talking about rebirth in a sense and even the 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 master the slave master person that kind of looks like the one from solo yeah. uh the one that enslaved uh han anyway it says you're back from the necropolis that's impossible you were supposed to obviously where it was supposed to die and then she ends up choosing to like um you know she chooses nonviolence and she uses the mind control to tell the slave master person to the free the slaves and we get glimpses of and yeah so she uses mind control and she frees the slaves which is something that anakin wanted to do and what i found about this comic is that it's kind of just kind of like the this part of the comic is the plot to a phantom menace when you think about how um qui-gon and padme they had they left their friends on the ship and then they went into the world to go look for a part to fix the ship and it ends up with um you know they obviously have um they find it or whatever and they find anakin too and anakin he says that he wanted to free the slaves and here ray actually frees the slaves and yeah so i thought that those connections were really interesting because it's obviously showing Rey being reborn in a sense. And then she flies away and goes to Act 2 and then she says, I have the hope of the galaxy with me. Which is another thing that I was like, okay, this comic is kind of retconning the hope in everything. And I feel like every Leia and Rey interaction, <laughs> like in any medium, which like even in a book like they're always about like yeah have hope i have hope so i'm kind of getting like okay do they have anything else to talk about <laughs> i don't know like they're just there to say well, hope yeah this <laughs> the whole thing is about hope and i could see why they keep saying it um yeah i mean you're right you're right you're I, right i think you know it's also funny how the creature that ray has to battle looks a lot like the creature that kylo battles in his comic like, they're both, like, big worm-like creatures. Oh, I didn't yeah, even Yeah, I mean, that. it probably means nothing, but, you know. <laughs> well, Ray and, like, now that we could just talk about both, like, we're going to go into Kylo's in a second. But both of they have the same journey. Like, they have the same journey and they choose different ways of going about it. So, I think that that's interesting. Because the comics parallel each right. other. Yeah. All right, anything else about Ray's comic? I mean, we probably are going to talk about it once we get into Kylo's, but... Um, no. Yeah. I think that's it for Ray. Um, so in Kylo's comic, which is the last comic that just came out January, September 28th, um, so I just wanted to point out that the cover is Kylo in front of a flaming Vader helmet, which yes. is awesome. And this is the same kind of cover that they have for the uh, the Charles Soul Kylo Ren comic. Because um, instead of the flaming helmet of Vader on the back, it's kind of like an ashy. Well, not ashy, but it's kind of like it's um, it's it has um smoke coming out of the Vader helmet that's behind Kylo. So I think that that was cool 
because it's kind of they kind of keep on you know driving in this um imagery of vader and kylo so i mean obviously it's going to be uh shown to us in the rise of skywalker so yeah keep that in mind which i definitely <laughs> always ta- do you think about it 24 <laughs> 7 so i don't know what you're talking about yeah I know, I do. And anyway, so in the comic, he, Kylo Ren, is trying to face the same, uh, he's trying to succeed where Vader failed. Um, you know, there's the species, they're called the Beth- Benethi, and, you know, Kylo is there with the First Order people, and there's this uh, old empire captain who is wearing his old stormtrooper armor because he's comfortable with it. And there's a lot of visual parallels between Kylo and Vader. And so, um, you know, Kylo is trying to surpass Vader at this point. And, you know, he goes and meets the king of the Benethi. And it's called, his name is King Kristoff. And (laughs) this is so funny because King Kristoff wanted Kylo to sit in the big chair. And then Kylo says that he only wants to humiliate him. So he... Kylo says, you would have me looking like an infant. And then, you know, it's just funny because it's really funny because of (laughs) that meme that's going on Twitter. Um, And so then Kylo is trying to get the Benethi to submit to the First Order and they won't. So what ends up happening is that Kylo tries to do the mind control on the king. So which is funny because, okay, in Rey's comic, her first um, her first her first um, thing whenever she was in danger with the, you know, the slave person. I think her name is Anya. Arania. Arania. So it's like a, it's like a, in Ray's mm-hmm. comic, it's a spider creature. And the first thing Ray wanted to do whenever they started to like fight or not fight, whenever they started to confront each other is like she ignited her saber, right. I think. Um, right. And then she decided that she wasn't going to do that. And then she ended up doing the mind control. But in Kylo's comic, he um, tries to do mind control on the king. And it doesn't work. So he kills the king. And um, then the Captain Ruthford, who is the uh, old stormtrooper guy, he ends up um, asking him, like, I thought you were going to negotiate and... um, Kylo is like, I didn't see them complaining or something. I this is not the same the, like quote by quote, but or word by word, but um, yeah. And I just thought that it was like very uh, Attack of the Clones uh, with Padme talking about aggressive negotiations, and yeah. So I thought that that was like a direct parallel between that. Um, only he didn't say that he was just gonna do. It. He didn't do. Kylo didn't say that he was like doing aggressive negotiations or whatever um but it's kind of the same same thing um yeah and then there's the second half where they face off the psilo beast mm-hmm. who i guess is yeah. the god for the other species right and you know the captain Rutherford. he says that he talks about how vader didn't ever even defeat the um the beast and he kylo is just trying to you know confront it and the Zillow Beast is unbreakable. And uh, R- Captain Ruthford is like, you can't prove anything to a dead man. And then he also, once Kylo jumps and tries, he get, grabs a ship, mm-hmm. which is funny because Ray was also on a ship. And so 
he grabs a ship to go face the Zillow beast and he and the guy, the captain from the Empire, he says a person can't take on a god and then no matter who he's trying to live up to, and then Kylo goes into the kind yeah. of like the belly of Jonah. the whale kind of portion of his story in this uh, comic and he gets swallowed in the to the belly of the beast kind of and he, but he, it turns out that he ends up killing him so um kylo ends up killing the zillow beast because he uh goes from within and fights him and like uses a saber to stab him and obviously and he has the most dramatic panel of any panel ever because he's like coming out and he's all bloodied and everything and he says your god is dead and kylo kills the god and it ends up with captain rutherford saying that kylo won and smirking and okay so now we could go ahead and talk about all the symbol well talk more about the symbolism here um yeah (laughs) while you were talking i was actually writing out bullet points of everything that i wanted to say right now because my mind i've obviously read this more than once already but my mind was still going crazy um so like the first thing obviously that we could think about is the whole idea that these creatures are called like the benethi isn't that so convenient that they're called the benethi and then the stormtrooper um rutherford he says that they value they're proud a proud race they're stubborn and they value size and strength and then kylo says like that's why i'm here like confirming yeah i understand that and it's basically saying like yeah the benefit the benefit kind of are kind of represent kylo in a way you know just because of how they're described as so i thought that was really interesting yeah And it's so funny, like, yeah, that whole infant thing. And then once he, like, you know, kills their king, he the other one literally says, like, he's killed the king. And then later on, we know that he kills their god. So it's like he's taking down these, like, leaders of, you know, it's just so symbolic. Like, he's taking down these big, you know, enemies and leaders um, that are standing in his way. And I guess you could say that could count for, like, Snoke and, like, Palpatine, too, like, in the future. Um, of how he kind of, you know, takes down that kind of, um, e- kind of like evil and leadership. Um, also, it's cool how, oh, <laughs> sorry. Um, when he kills the beast, um, the way that he does it, too. Like, I think it's different in the way that Vader tried to do it because, you know, Captain Rutherford, he says, like, you know, Vader, he tried to kill the beast, but he lost a lot of men and ultimately he failed. Where Kylo, instead of sending his, like, and he does tell the troops to fire upon the, the monster, but Kylo actually eventually takes his own ship and he goes to the monster himself and he risks his own life um, taking this monster down from within, which I think is also symbolic of itself because... Perhaps Vader failed to kill the monster and Kylo was victorious because Kylo killed the monster from within. And that could be symbolic of himself, like in the future, if it's a foreshadowing, you know, perhaps in the future Kylo Ren will, the monster of Kylo Ren will be defeated because Ben Solo will defeat Kylo Ren from within. I think that could be a foreshadowing. And it makes sense. Um... And, you know, Kylo is victorious. And like you said, he kind of has this whole belly of the wheel symbolism, you know, as Jonah, where he comes out and he's bloodied and, you know, he's defeated the monster and he's only, he was able to do it by going within it. Um, 
And that that's where Kylo Ren is successful. And I think it's also pretty funny too how even though he's won, Kylo he's shown to be in this moment victorious, you know, and like Vader had failed in this instant in the past he's still kind of viewed upon as this like trying to be like a vader wannabe like they don't take him still as seriously probably as they still know he's trying to pretend he's still a child in a mask despite him being this strong and capable it just shows like how strong ben solo is in the force you know and how smart he can be in battle i mean it was pretty reckless in general but he was able to do it and he defeated the monster and um this whole the whole visual parallels with him and Vader, you know, the the panels that they have, oh my gosh, it's just so amazing. And the fact that, you know, especially Kylo was able to defeat the monster with like as least amount of casualties as possible. I you know, you could only assume, you know, they probably would have all died if Kylo didn't do what he did. Um I just love this comic. Like they just really tried to show the characteristics of like Ben Solo and despite him being like the cocky arrogant guy that he is um while also being like a soft softy softy guy um he's he's awesome like he's such a cool character i can't like i can't stop talking about him now yeah i love him he's my favorite (laughs) yeah i think i think this is a good um parallel between it's a good comic to parallel obviously visually as well um vader and and er vader and kylo and obviously the finish what you started you can yeah, tell that kylo is obviously right going to finish what vader started and um it's gonna and you know and it's also interesting because i think they say that uh, i i don't know if i already said this but oh i already did okay so a person can't take on a god and it's kind of funny because kylo um well obviously we think of the skywalker mm-hmm. line as kind of the demigods of the galaxy like because uh they were the I mean, obviously, the line didn't start when Anakin was born, but the Force, like, obviously got Shmi pregnant, and he that line came yeah. from the Force, you know, partially. So, um, obviously, I think it's interesting because, um, yeah, it kind of what we've been saying about you know Kylo being a god is interesting, and this is the same thing because um, you know how holy fuck i just oh my god okay so ray's comic has her going into the necropolis and she comes out of it and the monster tells the arania uh, person or you know creature tells ray that she was not supposed to come back and then here you have captain rutherford telling kylo that he can't take on the zillow beast because a person can't take on a god so it kind yeah. of tells you more than uh-huh. you. I mean, obviously they meant to put this in there, but like Ray and Kylo are these—they're so powerful, really like powerful force users. So <laughs> these comics blew my freaking mind because the parallels and everything. Like you have Ray kind of have paralleling Padme, but also Anakin, and you have. Um, you know, you have you also have Kylo, and he's kind of paralleling both Padme and Anakin too. So with the whole like negotiation part, and you know the whole defeating being like really powerful, and obviously the 
like obvious Vader comparisons. So I'm just like, holy moly. Oh my God. I can't. Like, even now yeah, that we're like, t- discussing could, it, I'm still like, oh my God. Could you imagine <laughs> in the Rise of Skywalker? Galaxy like, braining when their up in powers here. are at peak, you know, points. We're not ready. Holy God. I don't know. I don't think we're ready. Like, we're going to see some, we're going to see is, them be some powerful, this epi- like, uh, this is the epitome people. of a power so couple. I don't even, I don't even know. <laughs> Jesus mother frick. <laughs> oh wow. Okay. Well, um yeah, obviously I am flustered because of this galaxy brain thing. But We've read this more than I, once and we're still like we're still can't believe it that they gave us this. Between the whole between them discussing um between them dis- or between Hux and the Alderanian um citizen who are discussing um, the Vader yeah. and the Empire, the Emperor being gone in front of a passed out Ben. And obviously between Ray and Kylo's comic, I kind of wish Ray's mm-hmm. comic had been in the Necropolis more. But the fact that, you know, she's in the Necropolis is like crazy. Like, this is what we've been saying, like the whole dead planet thing, and there's a little junkyard dead planet, and that's kind of like Jakku, where we find Ray. Like we don't have to go far from the necropolis because, you know, Ray was on a necropolis, like mm-hmm. a dead city of buried things or whatever, or like a cemetery of an old empire, the literal empire from before. Which is where Jakku, like that's where what's on Jakku. <laughs> so it's just like, holy fudge! Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't even, I don't know. Like these comics gave us more than we expected, and wow, were they incredible? Because like even right now, I'm like, um, I really am flustered right now, despite the fact yeah. that I already kind of had a Twitter thread that, about this. Oh yeah, I know. It's like these comics fed us pretty well. Yes. Like this comic, especially with Kylo and the whole Vader parallels, like they're pretty much screaming it in our face. Like, yes, Kylo is Anakin. (laughs) And he's also Vader in some ways, too. He's both. He's both. Yeah, he's both. And also Rey is also kind of like Anakin, too. Like, I'm not saying she's the reincarnation of Anakin, but mean, I mean, she definitely has the same say, traits. Like, okay, this is, uh, you know, some evidence for, you know, since Anakin was a, uh, produ- a production, not production, a, a result of the Force or like a, it, uh, you know, because it came from the Force, you know, Anakin was produced by the Force. It could mean that Rey had the same origin, but, you know, we still don't know. It's not. There's not enough evidence for that yet, but there's definitely a th- definitely a thought since in this moment she did kind of parallel Anakin with trying to free the slaves. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So these comics are definitely worth your time if you haven't read them, even though we've already just kind of described them. But yeah, I, our favorites, or at least my favorites, are Finn Rose's, uh, Ray Kylo's, uh, and then um, Hux's. Those are all my favorites, all five of those. Although yeah. Phasma's was really good too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, the moment we saw this comic drop, like everybody started screaming. Yeah, like whenever. Yeah, because um, it's, you know, the cover is crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, 
the cover for Kylo's yes. comic. Wow. So, yeah. And the fact that they're reusing the same imagery for the um, Rise of Kylo Ren comic um, is really fun. And yeah. I'm I sure mean, I can't a wait until the Rise of Kylo Ren comes out in December. Because, I mean, you know, Charles Sewell and um, the artist Will Cini, like, they're going to they're gonna kill us <laughs> we're gonna be dead danny because <laughs> even you know Ch- charles sewell he knows he knows how we feel about I'm him and he knows he's gonna feed us and the reason why he was picked was because of he even said this in an interview he was picked because of how he dealt with vader so i think that they're gonna have similar arcs just because of the f- the nature of the um the nature of the characters and i think that their downfall is definitely your kylo's downfall is kind of different from vader's but kind of the same in different ways like i mean whenever ben becomes kylo and anakin becomes um becomes (laughs) vader yeah (laughs) vader (laughs) he becomes vader right no but yeah yeah so is there anything else that you wanted to speak about? Or yeah, we did. But I think we've covered everything. We've I think pretty um, long. We've really... Yeah. I think we really dived into these comics. And these are not even between, like, The Last Jedi and The Rise of Skywalker. This is between, like... This is before. Yeah. So who knows what they're, they're like going to before. It's up for... It's up for yeah. Rays, who is between... And I don't think, actually, I don't think Kylo's has a time. It's actually before yeah, before everything. Before Force Awakens because of his mask. But, but yeah, outside of that, but we don't I have a timeline. Wait. Like, ugh, they're going to feed us so well. I'm so excited. I'm, You know what? After this comic dropped for Kylo, I was never more sure of Ben Demption in my life. Like, there's sure. no way he cannot be redeemed. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, I don't think you have. I don't think... I don't think that's a thing that you should worry about because the comics and everything they've been putting out kind of, you know, it, I mean, they had that ball, that BB-8 of Ben, like BB Ben instead of, so yeah, I don't think you should worry about any of that. All right. So now thank you for listening to us, y'all. You can follow the podcast at Jacku Broadcast on Twitter and you could check, uh, you know all our episodes out on itunes and spotify anywhere you find um podcasts and what else what else what else what else oh yeah where can we find you melissa on twitter abandoned porg on tumblr abandoned sock yes and don't forget to rate and review us on itunes and um tell your friends if you think our I mean, tell your friends about our podcast. That would be awesome. We'd really appreciate get, getting the word out. Like, re- yeah. So we appreciate everyone who retweets and likes and adds us and talks about our um, episodes and everything. So thank you guys. We really appreciate it. And we love it. And um, yeah, so our next episode should be hopefully the Rise of Skywalker trailer yes. discussion. Uh, we're gonna have Matt on, and that's cool. Um, cause he was there for the D twenty three stuff. So, yeah. Anything else you wanted to talk about, Melissa? Mm, nope. Okay. All right. Thank you for joining us, and y'all have a great day. Bye. Bye. Uh, when I say Kylo, you say Ren. Kylo, 
Ren. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. Say Babu Frick. I'll say Babu. Frick. Babu. Frick. Babu. Frick. <laughs> 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 <laughs>